Hello, welcome to the Backhanders, bringing you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. Here we cover each tennis slam, we are unafraid to slam tennis, and with me, a man whose enthusiasm for tennis is infectious, as is every other part of his system, currently a man only capable of being positive when a global pandemic hits catters. How are you feeling? Oh, lightning, I am struggling. It will come as no surprise to the listeners that it's been a tumultuous period in my body for the last seven or eight days. I won't go into the details, but thank you to all of those loyal fans who have sent cards, gifts, chocolates, flowers, assault rifles, just very touching. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen any of the action lightning in our absence, but there were a lot of concerned people out there that immediately turned their attention to the talent of this duo. And I just want to say, you're damn right he can't do it on his own. (laughs) But I had this weird fever dream lightning that lasted a few days where I could have sworn that... Nick Kyrgios, Mm -hmm. of course, we all know, formerly the child star that could see dead people from The Sixth Sense, (laughs) having grown up, still seeing those dead people, which quite frankly is the least of his psychological problems on court, managed to bluff his way into a Grand Slam final. I had this picture of him standing in a grassy field surrounded by people wearing all white and it wasn't a psych ward. Can you confirm any truth to this lightning? It is unbelievable to say this into the airwaves. You are correct, Catters. Nick Kyrgios. He has become the first Australian men's tennis player to reach the semis at Wimbledon since Leighton Hewitt in 2005. He has never made it past a quarterfinal and he's pranced his way through all the way to the final of Wimbledon, aiming to become the first Australian man to win the thing since 2002. Nick Curios made the final of Wimbledon, Catters. You're exactly right. Unbelievable. It makes so much sense to me. I was reflecting as my body temperature was slowly reducing its level to under that of a wood fire pizza oven, (laughs) that St. Nick has been building towards this. Mm -hmm. For many years, we've charted his progress and there's been a bit of two steps forward, 17 steps (laughs) backwards, down a ditch, (laughs) broken femur. Rest up, rehabilitation, one step forward, 65 steps backwards, only to moonwalk into dangerous swampland. But it's just the progression lightning. I can see it now. The thrown chairs, the intimidation of lines people, the hitting up ball kids for lunch money. It all has culminated towards a successful mindset. I don't want to go all Anthony Robbins, power of successful mind on you right now, Lightning, because my body doesn't have the strength and I can see it in your eyes. You'll wish you had COVID by the time I'm finished with you on this six-part series of positive thinking. But Lightning, straight out of the gate, this guy is the Generation Z champion. He has TikToked his way 
to success this fortnight by not even having to lift a finger. In fact, the only finger he's lifted was that of playing Call of Duty for six hours a night successfully without having to train because this guy managed to bluff his way through to a semi-final that he never had to play against a quality opponent and into a final. And when he makes the final and gets wiped off the court, which, let's face it, we were expecting to happen, he complains that he needs a holiday. This generation lightning, no work ethic. Contrast that with the goat. And I call him the goat because, again, he's gone to eat the grass on the court. The groundsman must hate this guy. Talk about an arrogant move. Novak Djokovic sniffing and chewing and munching and crunching his way across the baseline like some sort of stray donkey manages to just bulldoze his way to another Grand Slam. That's my generation, Lightning. I tell you what, while Kyrgios is out partying, I'm the one who's sitting at home reading books and stuff. (laughs) About positive thinking. It's a perfect circle, Lightning. Let me introduce you to visualization. (laughs) Listeners, take five. And just a final comment, Lightning, on this generation gap, because Mm -hmm. I can't get over it. I mean, the kids today with their fandangled yo-yos and... Tamagotchis. (laughs) Clean underwear and (laughs) things that we never dreamt of in my day, Lightning. Nick Kyrgios, what an absolute troll to walk on the center court in all white, only for his baseball cap to start changing colors throughout the match. I was not the only one to notice this. This was not part of my COVID-fueled fever dream. (laughs) He was turning into a rainbow, and there was no pot of gold at the end of his crotch lightning. There was nothing but despair. His hat appeared to be some sort of hypercolor situation like the oh. 1980s t-shirts where it started white and then as he started to I'm not going to say work hard on court but <laughs> lumber towards the ball across the baseline for multiple sets his hat started turning green and blue oh, and kind of right. these funky shades of colors which is an unbelievable troll to the all white brigade of Wimbledon and I can only imagine it had something to do with some form of coaching figure trying to convince St. Nick to put on a GPS so they can track how lazy this bugger is, slouching across the baseline. But instead, St. Nick has formed some sort of compromise whereby, no, 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 I'll wear this hypercolor hat. When it starts turning a bluish tinge, you know that I'm lifting a finger for more than three consecutive points. And starting to overheat. Look, it never reached pink or red or any of those colors that would resemble trying. But... Katas, it is an impressive glorified mood ring that he wore on the court. (laughs) As were the uh, happy pants that he changed into in the third set. Just to try and distract the joker. And when he started spinning on his head after chasing that volley down, I thought, you know, he's not out of this. A mood ring is probably not that necessary with Nick. He manages to communicate fairly clearly what's on his mind. And that was to tell his team in the box, when I'm losing points, you stand up and you motherfuckers cheer. And you cheer until I tell you to sit down. 
It was the craziest tirade I've ever seen, Catters, at his own lousy play at times. <laughs> in what other arena in life is this acceptable lightning? I mean, mm. could you imagine an opera singer just stopping mid-performance and heckling the royal box for not acknowledging <laughs> that note that he or she hit three stanzas back? Could you imagine a surgeon turning to his team of assistants <laughs> saying... <laughs> Nope, I'm not going to sew up the chest cavity until one of you three give me a standing O for the clamp I put on that heart valve three hours ago. His inability to move forward was just horrific. Uh, Unbelievable, Catters. But there was a man who was able to move forward through the tournament, and that was... Novak Djokovic, who has just broken the record for entering his 32nd Grand Slam final, who has just won his fourth consecutive Wimbledon title, who has just won his seventh Wimbledon, now with 21 Grand Slams. And yet, Catters, he did so on the back of the softest Wimbledon draw I have ever seen. Looking over Djokovic's draw, it is apparent that something is afoot. There is no way a bloke can get to a Grand Slam final and fail to even play a tennis player. I I, I put in a call, (laughs) Catters, to the Illuminati this week, just to see whether they'd had a hand in the matter. They said to say hi. (laughs) They said to say they've missed doing the weekend crossword together. Catters, it just seemed as though there was evil fingerprints on this draw. For Djokovic, the best player of all time, because prior to the tournament, the second favourite, Berrettini, pulls out with apparently some kind of disease, Mm. some kind of virus, some kind of illness. Incredible story. Who would you have thought was the form player in the world currently? Marin Cilic, he pulls out with COVID. Katas Nadal, who he was en route to play, got kicked in the guts between sets two and three by a gang of injured ninjas. He pulls out before he can even get to play Djokovic. Katas, he played three seeds, not one of them ranked higher than 12 in the world. His semi-final opponent was none other than British trier Cam Norrie. Cameron Norrie was his semi-finalist, a man who ended up asking Morpheus if he could meet him before the match to try and download tennis into his (laughs) noggin to see if he could actually put up a fight in a semi-final. What the heck was going on with Novak Djokovic's run into the final to then play Nick Kyrgios, who was the lowest-ranked player to reach a Wimbledon final since 48-ranked Mark the Pooh Philippousis shut down a wad of unplayable (laughs) missiles in 2003. How does a man possibly get to a final with that draw, Catters? Well, stop asking me these questions, because first of all, I'm not going to (laughs) defend British people. I've jumped off that bandwagon a long time ago. So, A... I don't like your accusational, (laughs) aggressive tone. B, it is a Mickey Mouse tournament, Lightning. We've said this before. They don't have any ranking points on the line. They were running the risk of becoming Wimble, don't bother showing up. And that's what you get. Those that do show up get free trophies. Those that don't bother get self-respect. And I think it's a good result for everyone involved. (laughs) I've got nothing in my head. I'm just 
really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Cutters, it's time to let our vaccines kick in to get ourselves past whatever residual infectious malaise we have and get ourselves excited for this year's Wimbledon. For me, Cutters, it is the fact that we now have a new women's champion, an unpredicted and unprecedented woman who's come from nowhere, Elena Rabakina, a 23-year-old. This was her first time past the quarters. It's only her second entry in Wimbledon, Catters, and she has taken out Olsjabur in the final in three sets to win Wimbledon. Catters, this woman, you get the feeling it's just never meant to be. I mean, she's ranked 17 in the world, so you could kind of say, well, it's a bit of a dark horse. I mean, it's the kind of prediction that the backhanders could almost have made. Catters, you get the sense this woman was just never allowed a legitimate crack at it she just can't take a ranking point they're just constantly snatched away from her in 2020 when there was a ranking points freeze due to covid she missed out on an incredible run later she entered the olympics a a tournament that has no ranking points got to the kind of bronze medal playoff stage Again, nothing to take home from it. And now she has won this glorified exhibition tournament, won the whole tournament and will take home absolutely zilp ranking points and stay where she is, frozen in oblivion in the uh, veritable storm that is the world rankings of 20 to 40 because she just can't claim a single point for all the hard work she's done. It's tragic, Lightning. She has a great name, Eleanor Rabakhander, which is great for us <laughs> and our branding. If only she'd be around in another 12 months' time, but she won't be, Lightning, because it's another <laughs> example of a Grand Slam winner who was here one day and is gone the next. Hmm. Can I ask you, who is Sophia Kennan? Is she a Belgian pop star from the 1980s? No, she was the unidentified Olsen twin who won the Australian Open a couple of years ago. Where is she now? Mm. Genuinely, where is she now? I've actually put out some ads on milk cartons here in Denmark, Lightning. It's a small market, but I'm hoping someone has seen something. It also makes me ask the question, are ranking points no longer valid? Really, who cares? Mm. I've been saying for such a long time that numbers, statistics are overrated. Ever since we had to cut that research team, Lightning, I go by my gut. And up until about seven days ago, my gut was extremely reliable. Check our Instagram feed for visual evidence of how that has gone awry in recent days, Lightning. But I think that you should be able to show up to a tournament and it's an honesty-based system. Where do you think you're at? Oh, I think I'm top 10. Okay, there you go. You're seated, mate. Have a good one. Where do you think you are? Oh, I'm struggling a little bit. Okay, court 18, mate. Where oh, I'm British. Okay, better luck next year. You know, like give them a chance to state their case. I think it's a fantastic approach. This binary, you're a one, you're a 10, you're a 100. It hasn't worked and it's not good for players' self-esteem. Rebecca. I mean, she's been playing crunching tennis and she cannot get ahead. And then you've got players like, I don't want to single him out, but Cam Norrie (laughs) goes out to the Bush Leagues and just churns up point after point after point playing against 
make a wish foundation, kids. And that's not <laughs> fair on anyone. So it's not working. It's a broken system, Lightning. And I think it's food for thought that we go away and we come up with a better system. Look, for a long time, I've suggested something a little bit more scientific, like star signs as a way of <laughs> segmenting the playing group from the outset. But um, I'm still waiting for the official replies from both tennis governing bodies. And my wizard representative has stated that we will have our day in court. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Kat, is, that's me. What has got you excited this year? Well, thanks for asking, Lightning, mm. because Elena Rabakhander had me thinking for a few days as she spoilt the narrative. You know, we had the semi-finalist with Maria, the German mother of seven, mm. just loaded up the family in the Volkswagen combi, drove into Wimbledon. You know, I think she'd actually given birth to triplets in one of the earlier rounds, just pumping out more kids than forehand winners. And that was a good story. And then you had Ons Jabur single-handedly brokering peace in the Arab Spring. And then Elena Rabakander, it's nothing personal. It's fine. You're fine. You've got a great future. I wish you all the best. But the reality is... You are what I like to call a fushin, a fake Russian. And I've been weeding you out from my community lately, Lightning. If you saw me walking the streets of Copenhagen, setting booby traps, leaving out half bottles of vodka <laughs> and those giant furry hats to see who'll just come and pick them up and then swooping on them, Lightning. Lovely people, warm-hearted, kind people. But they're not to be playing tennis for the next 12 months. I've made that mm. very clear. And mm. Elena Rybakhander, her parents still live in Moscow. Yes. She speaks Russian. Mm -hmm. She has a giant hammer and sickle tattoo on her lower back. <laughs> lower Rybakhander, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of subtle hints. Her match notes that she's reading between sets Looks like a map of the Ukraine. Lightning, I'm starting to just get a general picture that Elena Rabakhander has managed to slip her way under the watchful eye of the Wimbledon folk. And I tell you, the big clue is that she is a fake Kazakh. It's not a clue, really. It's a mm. conclusion more. I'm, I'm having a bit of problem post-COVID. I'm even starting to talk like Borat. <laughs> Kazakhstan, frontiering nation, a nation that has brought the world oil reserves and rewarding Scrabble scores. They've found this young woman who was being underappreciated by her native country, mm. and they swooped mm. on her mm. a mere four years ago. Brilliant pioneering work from the Kazakhs, and aren't they loving it? Did you see her box during the play yesterday? Because she's as cool, calm, and collected as you could ever hope from a 23-year-old. Her family was super chill in the box, but there were two men going ballistic. There was the president and vice president of Kazakh sport who have flown in and just fist pumping their way to success. 
Those two men have had nothing to do for the last 10 years. So, of course, they were going to jump in a plane and head to Wimbledon for a final. Been watching the local go-karting classic for the last couple of years. So, Yeah, when Elena Rabakanda asked the president of Kazakh Sport if he would join for the weekend, I'm sure he was checking that diary very carefully going... Oh, it would be great to put something in it. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, horse wrestling in the <laughs> Siberian Alps. Uh, I could probably squeeze you in. <laughs> so, Lightning, great story. And it does beg the question, is this the end of nationalities? I mean, I've thrown mm. ranking points out, and I feel like international borders should also come into question <laughs> because... We all know that nationality is fluid, Lightning. Hmm. Ash Barty retires, I become a Polish citizen. Things change <laughs> rather rapidly these days. So why don't we take all of these Russian players that have been put mm. in tennis purgatory and mm. auction them off to the highest bidder? I think oh. there's many young couples who would love to adopt the man-child. <laughs> there's got to be a home for Akuna Matova, if not just to be able to brag to your friends about the punability of your new acquisition. There are endless opportunities here, Lightning. And having said all of that and stated what I think was a fairly compelling argument, I'm still not 100% convinced that Elena Rebackhander is not merely the Medvedevil in a white dress. <laughs> I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return your serve also. No, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. Cut is time for our fed up and poo down segment. A chance to look at who's fitting up, who's pooing down for me. My fed up is one Isla Tomlanovich, mm. the Australian number one who's had a barnstorming run at this tournament, as we predicted on this podcast. She is living up to her billing as Australia's number one, a, a phrase that we often hear on this podcast. <laughs> Kat, as she has had the backing of a nation reaching the quarterfinals, mm. but just has not had the backing of her parents. After an incredible win over Czech 13th seed, Krachikova, she had a particularly awkward moment with her father, who, after celebrating her win, had to then reveal that he'd only booked tournament accommodation until after the second round. (laughs) 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 It's nothing like getting the support of your box, as Nick Kyrgios would know, and so a furious Tom Lanovich had to do her own scoping around airbnb to find herself a hotel, thankfully near enough to the All England Club to, by the end of the first week, secure some accommodation. So all things back on track. However, after winning her next round, she finishes her match and then says this, Today when I finished, my father was like, Oh, I have to book again? I was like, You're kidding me! He wasn't kidding, but he managed to book the same hotel, so I have a room probably until Tuesday. But I don't care. I said, even if someone is joining me in my room, I'm not leaving this hotel. She gets totally screwed over by her manager father, who doesn't even back her. So classic, Kat, is when asked to justify 
what the hell was going on in not booking accommodation for the tournament. Her father's line was this, Isla, hungry rats swim the fastest. (laughs) Isla's quote in response was this, I'm like, I'm not a rat and I'm not hungry. I just want my house from the beginning till the end. Or maybe you should just believe in me a little bit more. That's a brilliant moment. And for my poo down, it is Frenchman Hugo Umbert. Cat mm. this is a man who, during the tournament, in a very important match against Casper Rudd, rolled out on court, unzipped his bag, only to discover he'd forgotten his tennis rackets. <laughs> he had not packed a racket. Could you believe it? The kilometre walk through the museum and the long room to get out on court only to find he hadn't packed him an incredible moment when the match was stalled held up and he had to send some officials off to go and fetch these rackets i think he said you go no ugo migo no no you go ugo you go we go we all go and then the rackets came back and the game continued and it turns out, Kat, is he may not have even needed it because his third seed opponent, Casper the Friendly Rude, he himself forgot to show up in the match and <laughs> lost to him in four sets. He probably could have used his racket bag to play for the rest of the match for all that had mattered. Unbelievable. What is Umber actually doing there? Because surely you're at least walking out onto court with a bag that's shaped like a tennis racket. So what's in there? Is he just then producing an acoustic guitar? <laughs> Is he that annoying guy that shows up at every flippin' housewarming party who then just kills the vibe by saying, oh, while we wait for the rackets, uh, can I interest you in a little Le'ed Sherin? <laughs> no, Ugo. <laughs> Not that trick again. Uh, the chair umpire was like, play. And he's like, hey, Jude. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And uh, while I'm here, can I have this one restrung? Is that okay? (laughs) So, Catters, who is your fed up? Well, Lightning, I guess I've been a little bit harsh on the Brits over the last 35 years. And so I feel like I owe them a fed up. And let's face it, I will doth my hat to Cam the human crash test dummy Nori for his ability to just show up i love a journeyman lightning and um i wish i could add more adjectives to he was a man he's been on a journey (laughs) he's worth talking about yeah (laughs) good on you cam (laughs) and some of his compatriots lightning they did all right as well Mm. katie bolter Mm. heather watts on another Mm. court they all had a crack and that's all we can really ask for i love it when a nation hosts a tournament and can just hand out wildcard entries in cereal boxes and just see who comes up trumps. And one such winner with the golden ticket who was disappointed not to make it to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I saw it all over her face as she showed up on court 273 in the opening round, and that was Jody Barrage. Uh, but she managed to harness that passion for sweets by reviving a ball kid who was a little low on blood yes. uh, was a little low on blood um, so she just managed to just whip out a transfusion on the outside court no she found a packet of 
Percy pigs and <laughs> use those Percy pigs to pep up the comatose ball kid. And that led to the great headline, Jody Barrage beaten handily in straight sets feeds ball kid, which I thought was a wonderful headline. And can I just say, Percy pig, seriously good sweets. Yes. I will f- with them from here till eternity lightning so if there's any sponsorship dollars on the table and my poo down lightning is something that has been emerging the last couple of weeks in the sport of tennis which i cannot condone and that is friendliness Mm. and i'm not happy about it as you know i'm someone who likes my sport like my ex-girlfriends combative and bitter and (laughs) As such, I am fearing the fact that friendliness and goodwill has crept into Uh, this favorite sport of ours, Lightning. mm. So just some specific examples that spring to mind, Lightning. Mm. You've got Kyrgios suddenly talking about a bromance with Novak Djokovic. Here's a guy who he's thrown under the bus (laughs) repeatedly over the last five to ten years, suddenly now sucking up on Instagram saying, hey, bro, should we go get some drinks? Winner pays. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Unless he'd hatch some sort of plan to ambush Novak with some Injun Ninjas, I'm not in (laughs) any way remotely interested in what you do in your private life. If you want to be happy then go become a poet and live in the mountains. I don't care. You should be a cold-hearted killer. Ons Jabur, smiling all the time. It was almost embarrassing, Lightning, how much love she was bringing to send to court. She called herself the Minister of Happiness. Minister of Happiness. Get a new portfolio. (laughs) I want you to be the Minister of Success. Call me old-fashioned. I want you to be the Minister of getting your opponent in a headlock and punching them until they retire permanently from life. It's a very specific portfolio, but it has some very clear (laughs) indicators of success. Peter Dutton has done wonderfully in such a role for the last 15 years. So, Lightning, a little less kumbaya and a little more... Crap your dax because I'm about to bring the heat. <laughs> she go out of the court on a chair and, and now she's in the locker, perfect in the restaurant. So I, I don't like these things, I'm sorry. I don't think she did a, a good attitude on court. I didn't like that. So a good job for her. If you want to do like that, it's a good job. But I, I'm bad because what's hurting me and make me angry. So well done for her. Catter's Mixed Troubles, a segment we often employ, and all the more necessary in tournaments like this glorified exhibition match that means nothing. Let's take the action from the court to off court and see who's fighting, who's at each other's throats, and in this case, it is the women's doubles pairing of Harmony Tan and Tamara Korpach. Mm. These two women, Catter's, teamed up on the eve of the tournament, ready to enter. However, a snag entered the relationship when Harmony Tan took out Serena Williams in the first round of the singles. An incredible effort from a player ranked outside the top 100 and a hard-fought three-hour match, only to then decide that on the basis of that tumultuous undertaking, she would have to withdraw from the doubles. From the debut of this couple's doubles match, her doubles partner, Tamara Korpach, 
released this on Twitter in the aftermath. Unfortunately, my doubles partner, and I love this, H. Tan, retired <laughs> from our doubles today. She just texted me this morning. Let me wait here one hour before the match start. I'm very sad, disappointed, and also very angry that I can't play my first doubles Grand Slam. And it's really not fair for me. I didn't deserve that. She asked me before the tournament if we want to play doubles, and I said yes. I didn't ask her. She asked me. If you're broken after a three-hour match the day before, you can't play professional. That's my opinion. Amazing. Amazing. So, Kat, as it looked as though it was going to blow up into an almighty affair, but thankfully, a day later, after people had been checking their milk cartons to see whether there'd been any missing player as a result of this, and yet, no, thankfully, Tamara released another statement saying, me and Harmony have talked and figured out all misunderstandings. She made me clear about her injury now, and we're already apologising to each other. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> However, Harmony then took to the court, not in the doubles, as foreshadowed, but in her second round singles. Of course, we're waiting to hear what Tamara's got to say about this, who then released her final statement saying, congrats, Tan Harmony, for a win against another great player. Clapping hands emoji. Amazing week for you. I'm glad your injury got better so quickly. <laughs> Fantastic spice. <laughs> So, ouch, we love a bit of a sarcastic slight just to throw in there at the end. And uh, thankfully, the tennis gods looked down kindly and just sent her home with a little bit of a bonbonieri, giving her COVID, which she contracted <laughs> just after leaving the tournament. Please don't patronise me. I'm I, I would have. No, no, you are. In the way you're I'm asking, in yeah. the way you're asking your question, you are being quite disrespectful, and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Well, it is time to wrap up another Grand Slam, Wimbledon 2022. Catters, I'm not sure if you're aware, it was the hundredth year of Wimbledon this year. The longevity of this incredible pomp that is the All England Grass Court Championships, as they say. We had visits from all past players. We saw Rod Laver and Federer and Margaret Court and Venus Williams and Billie Jean King were all there. Navratilova, unfortunately, wasn't because she missed due to COVID, which I thought was a, a fitting tribute uh, to the Great Plague that swept through the United Kingdom during our 100 <laughs> years of Wimbledon. So a, a clever nod, but what a year, Catters, and great to have the Queen there and a special guest referee in one of the earlier rounds. It was good. Good to see her do more work in that match than she has for the last 75 years of her reign. So, look, it was a fantastic tournament. Catters, how were your predictions? How did you go? Uh, Lightning, I had... Boris Johnson to survive the two-week stint, which <laughs> was unfortunate. Uh, on the court, I had Rafa to pull off the third Grand Slam in a row this year. Yes. Unfortunately, he couldn't get it done. I had thought that he'd replaced every body part by this point in time, <laughs> but the one thing left was the stomach, and he managed to injure it. So... That was a little unfortunate for me. He was looking very, very tasty up oh. until the end of the quarterfinal where his body was on the Fritz Lightning. And um, <laughs> for the women, I went with Coco Goff. And I don't believe she's still playing tennis anymore. I think she's started a career in interpretive dance and I wish her all the best. Would have been lovely for her to announce that prior to 
to the championships, but I wish her every blessing in her future pursuits. She did form a doubles pairing, though, with Jack Sock. So. <laughs> she did. <A> slide. <laughs> oh, the old Jack-off. <laughs> wonder why she's left tennis, Catters. <laughs> Lightning, for the dark horses, it doesn't get much darker than my baller move to not even announce one for the men's. I wasn't having it. I listened back to our previous episode, slight COVID brain slash dementia creeping in late in that episode, a foreshadowing of things to come, Lightning, so I missed out on that. For the women's, my dark horse was Simona Halep, the rumble from Romania. She got the job done, Lightning, coached by Patrick Moritoglu. What a beautiful man. What a beautiful man. He is my dark horse for... The Milan Fashion Week next year because he is a stunner. Anyways, I digress. Uh, she got to the semi-final, which I thought was a fair effort for a retired Oompa Loompa. So, <laughs> fair play to her. Did better than my male dark horse. So, Lightning, how about you? Well, Catters, for me, on the men's side, I went for Matteo Berrettini, which felt mm. fairly bankable given he'd won the last two lead-up grass tournaments coming into Wimbledon. So, why not? Chuck him there as your favourite, only to find that COVID prevented him from even making it to the starting line. So for the second Grand Slam in a row, I have uh, predicted Berrettini, only for him to not be in the tournament. So I have since been contacted by his management asking me not to put him in the predictions takes on this here podcast. And uh, they also dropped off an assault rifle uh, that I'm to hand on to you, Catters, as well, saying get better soon. Catters on the women's side, I went for Olsjabur, who was the runner-up. And look, we were rooting for her. She would have been fantastic. My uh, dark horse predictions, Catters, I uh, put up there Nick Kyrgios, a man who is now a Wimbledon runner-up, who has gone home with zero ranking points, a zero Grand Slam trophies, and a $14,000 fine for some of his earlier round behaviour. <laughs> so uh, everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner in the Kyrgios household. On the women's side, Serena Williams was my mm. shake at a dark horse attempt. Of course, she didn't get any further than the uh, first round, which uh, she used as some kind of uh, lap of honour, really. <laughs> so whilst circling the court, occasionally one of her waves to the fans, she'd kind of batter a ball down the line for the occasional winner, but otherwise didn't really fire a shot and uh, caused all sorts of damage uh, in that horse and cart that she took around the, the court <laughs> as well. So, But did uh, leave with a fetching harmony tan. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's a winner. Catters, <laughs> this year we proposed the show pony would be a feature of this Grand Slam. Did you have a show pony for us? Not so much. I thought the players were rather inert across this fortnight. It might have been the fact that they were playing a tournament that didn't really matter this year. It might have been the fact that they had to see British people up close on a daily basis. But (laughs) there wasn't a lot going on in the press conferences. I did like a bit of that argy-bargy that I saw between Kyrgios and Stefanos Tsitsipas. Itsy Sitsy. yes had not a great first week, and it culminated in the third round where he smashed a ball out into the stands and could have claimed a life lightning. I don't think I'm being overly dramatic there, lightning. It's um, the greatest Greek tragedy since I didn't pay attention in philosophy class, but lightning, it's 
<laughs> the fact that he wasn't defaulted, yet went to the press conference and claimed that Nick Kyrgios is nothing but a bully. Mm-hmm. And I don't like bullies, he said. And uh, I'm with you, Itsy Sitsy. I don't like bullies at all. But you know one thing I don't like more than bullies? That's people who call out other bullies. And if you've got a problem with that, I'm going to come round and I'm going to talk to you about bullies. And I'm going to make sure that you have the right opinion about bullying, mate. So I look forward to setting the record straight later this year with a sit down with Itsy Sitsy where we can clear the air and I can speak on behalf of my fellow countrymen and rough him up a little. So that'll be joyous. And good to put the assault rifles to good use as well, Cadiz. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. They were not sent in vain. Well, it's time to let you go, listeners. So please review and share this episode and join us on Instagram or Facebook with our handle, The Backhanders. But until we meet you again at the US Open later this year, just remember, if you have made your first ever Wimbledon final and have the support and love of your box behind you, but they're failing to cheer in just the right way, just the right moment, in just the right tone of voice, at just the right monotone level you would require for that precise moment, well, you should kind of just let it go. You should probably just let that go. You should definitely let, let that one go. Just, just let it go. Nah, screw you, mother... <laughs>